Now, now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at Dell.com. Welcome to now. How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss, still joined by Mo Tequil. Mo, how we doing, boy? I'm doing great, buddy. How we doing, boy? Like I'm a dog. Like that was that's how I talk to my dog. I tell my dog, Luke, hey, how you doing, boy? You know, like that's that's what I get from you, Jared. That's how I talk to my boys. <laughs> how you doing, bro? How you doing, sir? Sir, I like sir. We can go with that one. Let's stick with that, Jared. Okay, well, Mr. Dekeel, why don't we talk about I think the most important game of the evening. By the way, Brian Smith, our producer, whatever, who cares? The most important game of this evening was Brooklyn. Heading into Charlotte. I'm actually in Charlotte, literally looking at the arena right now as we talk about this. Hornets fans did not seem too happy after the game, probably because their team got eviscerated by Kyrie Irving, who had 50 points in a 132 to 121 win. I mean, this thing was a shellacking. I mean, the score does not really encapsulate. How do you say that word, Jared? You're smarter than me. It's definitely not encapsulate. Yes, yes, that word. I'm not even going to try to say it again. Kind of how big of a blowout this was. The Nets led as much as by 34 points in this game. Like, it was a massive blowout. And Kyrie was just unreal with 50 points on 19 shots, Jared. I know he got to the line a bunch, but 19 shots gets to 50 points. That is a very impressive performance from Kyrie. 9 for 12 from deep. That left corner three, ooh, that was his. I've never seen anyone get 50 points in under 20 shot attempts before. I feel like we've had it happen before, but again, it always goes with a bunch of free throws. And again, nine at 12 from three is also an impressive number in that, in in that aspect. But this was a big one, right? Cause this is a playing tournament type of seeding stuff. You want to finish, you know, in at least the top bracket of that playing tournament. Cause then you have two chances to make the playoffs. So this is a real important one there. And, the way the the Nets came out, they were dead serious about this one. Like they were coming out to win this. The Hornets are in a free fall. The Nets are in a free fall. By, by the way, players who have fifty points on twenty or fewer shots. Of course, we all remember Willie Burton did it in nineteen ninety four for the Sixers. I don't know who that is. Adrian Daly, I do know who that is. Did it in nineteen eighty, and then Dave did it almost exactly a month, a year ago. He did it on March thirteenth of last year against the Pelicans. See, I was right. So a couple people have done it. Not nearly as many as I thought, though. Yeah, literally (laughs) only. So fourth time in NBA history that's ever happened. Congrats to Kyrie on that one. But yeah, so uh, the the Hornets do not look good right now. They don't have Gordon Hayward, and they have been in a complete free fall ever since Hayward got hurt back in late January. And I mean, this team is kind of falling apart at the seams, while on the other hand, Brooklyn... I mean, they're so Jekyll and Hyde. They're so inconsistent, but they've got two guys that can get them enough buckets to win almost every single night. I don't even think it's fair to call Brooklyn Jekyll and Hyde. It's just there's one player they get to have on the road that they don't get to have when they play at home, and that's a massive difference. The guy got 50 tonight. You see why he matters. (laughs) That's kind of the big thing. It's not even Jekyll and Hyde. It's just, hey, 
they're a whole lot better when they have Kyrie on the floor because, you know, he's pretty stinking good. And I think that's the thing you're you're kind of looking at with everything. And they got three threes from Seth Curry. KD was just kind of like an average sort of night, but on a night where he didn't have to carry as much of the offensive load, goes a long way for the Nets. So, you know, like... I have no idea what this Nets team is going to look like come playoff time. You know, we all don't know what's going to, when Ben Simmons is going to come out and play. What's it going to look like when he's going to play? Still a lot of question marks with the vaccine mandate and everything with the Nets. But I'll just say this. This is not a team I want to play in the first round. KD and Kyrie? No, no thank you. Hard to imagine that having a second or or first seed is going to be actually undesirable compared to having like a three, four, five seed. Never would have thought it. It's a wild year. But we also should talk a little bit about Charlotte, right? Terry Rozier with a nice night, 30 points, you know, and and, and really kind of trying to hold them up as much as possible. Lonzo Ball with Lonzo. Sheesh. This is what happens. Too many brothers in the league for me sometimes. The Ball brothers. The Plumley brothers. Is the Plumley brothers still in the league or is it just the one Plumley? The Plumley. Uh, yeah, I think that's it, actually. I think it's just the one Plumley. Okay. But LaMelo Ball. With 24 points, you know, it's just they got to figure out how to defend Jared. They can't give up 34 points in the first quarter, 35 in the second quarter. I mean, that's going to be a problem. 69 points in one half. You're going to really struggle in any way, shape or form to win games. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Out at Indy, the Pacers had the lead very late in this game. It was going to be a nice win. And then Jalen Smith fouled for some reason. And the Cavs won 127 to 124. Mo, what happened at the end of this game? There's just so much to unpack, Jared, in the last, like, two minutes of this game, right? Jalen Smith, before that crazy foul, which we'll get to in a second, he hits a three to tie the ball game, and the Cavs bring up the ball up the court with a minute 30 left as if, you know, they're just going to burn clock. I didn't even understand that possession. The Pacers send a double team on Garland with nine seconds on the shot clock, which, you know, smart play. They scramble out of it. They get Mobley to force him to miss, and then... Jalen Smith nearly throws the ball out of bounds if it's not for Tyrese Halliburton making an unbelievable save. They barely get the ball up the court in the ba- before a backcourt violation. Then Brogdon beats his man to get a layup, and they go up too. It was just a weird, like just that sequence alone was a weird little roller coaster. And so at the end of the day, it's Darius Garland's just feasting at the rim, going over and over and over again. He missed a crucial one right at the end. Evan Mobley tips it in. Then we have the foul thing. But Garland finished with 41 points and 13 dimes. Hold on. I'm sorry. I got to even stop you there. 
Even that play was weird because the Pacers started pressing full court on Darius Garland when you're up two points. I didn't understand that. You haven't been able to stop the guy all night long. He's able to get wherever he wanted on the court, and sure enough, he breaks your press, and now you're in scramble mode. So when he misses the layup, Evan Mobley's all by himself, nobody boxing out because you stretched out your defense to the full length of the floor, and he gets the tip in. Didn't make much sense there, Jared. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I just wanted to. There's just a whole lot of weird stuff in this end of game. Cut me off because, you know, I'm sure they were probably hope, hoping that Rick Carlisle would have at least yelled out and got him off that, tell him what the scenario is because it really seemed like they were a team that just didn't really know what the scenario was so many times at the end of this game. Are we just going to play the what's, what, what's the scenario? Listen, here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. Can we talk about Darius Garland, yo? Because he was good. He's he's been really goddamn good. He's been great. I mean, you gotta you gotta look at him as a potential most improved player of the year type guy, you know. And and, and like I said, he was able to get to the court whenever he anywhere on the court and get to the rim almost at will in this game. Hits a couple of big threes. He was just phenomenal. I mean, the growth this kid's game has taken is amazing to watch, and it's just. It's really fun. Like, I'm, I'm really happy for the Cavs. I don't know what the hell they're going to be come playoff time, but up until then, this is fun as hell, and let's just ride with it. Last game for us, the Warriors, they were losing to the Clippers in the first quarter, and then they ran away with it. Uh, Clippers came back towards the end a little bit, but they shut the door on them. It was 112 to 97, a win at home with their, you know, Warriors legend, Jackie Moon, in the lineup, at least before the game. Jackie Moon, for some reason, Will Ferrell came out with Clay Thompson before the game. They were warming up. I guess it got Clay going because Clay ended up having 20 points, one point shy of a team high. Because uh, this is a weird game where they were really counting on guys like Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody to carry them. Well, this was a big game in the sense of the Warriors needed to stop a losing streak. And it's really nice that the supporting cast, which I have a lot of question marks about, were the ones to carry them in this game because Clay goes two for nine from three. Jackie Moon didn't help that much in that regard. Steph Curry goes one of six. Like your your splash brothers are just not knocking down shots. For Jordan Poole to come in the game and have a big run and be able to kind of keep them going, that really kind of boosted the the Warriors. And listen, more importantly, defensively. They were able to hold the Clippers to just 36 first-half points, 15 just in the second quarter alone. Very impressive on their end, you know, even without Draymond on the court. Yeah, I mean, after a pretty solid first quarter for the Clippers, they had, what, like two baskets in the first eight minutes of the second quarter? There was just nothing there for them. This is the same thing that happened to them when they played the Knicks. They go through these long stretches of a, a long droughts where they're not able to score, and, I mean— it really, really kills them. And obviously, it's not shocking. No Kawhi Leonard, all right? No Paul George, your two main scorers. Norman Powell's out. Even Robert Covington didn't play tonight. He was out for personal reasons. Like, just not a lot out there for them after their starting unit. And when you put your second unit in, guys like Semi Ojale, one I'm sure one of your all-time favorites, Jared, Rodney Hood, and, and, and you know, those guys are, are, are trying to kind of carry the load. You're going to have a lot of scoring droughts. Honestly, man, there was a play right at the end where the Clippers were just getting this, uh, just getting into striking distance, and Ojale makes this really nice stop at the rim where he just stays on the ground and keeps his hands up. And there's this loose ball, 
And he's just standing there with his hands up, like waiting for them to make a foul call as I forget who it was. Someone chased down the loose ball for Golden State. And that was a crucial moment to grab that defensive rebound, try to cut it to single digits. I thought the Clippers were going to pull it off, but that was just one of those weird brain fart moments. But the Warriors defense did come through. The Clippers shot 33 for 93 in this game. We also should talk about Jonathan Kaminga because he was pretty awesome in this game. That big rook right there. 7 to 12 from the field, 21 points, and he had a real nice dunk, little reverse dunk in transition for the Warriors. Like that kid can play, man. I'm really excited to see what he becomes for the Warriors going forward. But he had himself a nice little night tonight as well. Great bit of irony for anyone that's been following Jonathan Kaminga throughout his career going back to high school. He had a team high six times. He was moving the ball, had a great pass at the end where he was rolling to the hoop, and he slipped it underneath the rim to a teammate. I mean, just he was making the extra pass. I think that was the big advantage they had going for them. But Kaminga's becoming a much more well-rounded player now that he's been forced to be this kind of complimentary guy in Gold State. That's going to do it for us here on The Daily Ding. For producer Brian Smith, super analyst Mo DeKeel, I'm your host, Jared Weiss. We will see you tomorrow. Ding, ding. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. Can we talk about Darius Garland, yo? As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.